Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Old Millennials for Patreon, a deep dive on current shallow topics of TV, movie, and pop culture. I am one of your hosts, Margot Poupard. And I'm your other host, Emily Beijing. Welcome back, patrons, for another bonus episode. We have watched a bunch of TV in the last two and a half weeks, and we are... Mid to like mostly excited about almost all of it, I think. But before we get into today's topics, do you want to banter a bit about the dropout trailer that just uh, hit YouTube earlier today with yeah. uh, Amanda Seyfried, who we both, the, the, I think the main problem that we texted about was that everybody's too hot in this show. Like we can just start there. It's one of those things, and I'm forgetting what the trope is exactly called, but it's essentially the idea of casting really hot people in roles that are otherwise, you know, in real life, their counterpart. It's not that they're unattractive completely. I mean, sometimes they are, but like significantly more unattractive. And like, I feel like in, in was the case that a dig of, at Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> I mean, I guess, but but in this case, I do think. <laughs> the casting was kind of perfect with Jesse Eisenberg, but with uh, with in Elizabeth the sense Holmes- that they're both two unlikable assholes. <laughs> exactly, perfect. Um, no, but I think with Amanda Seyfried and Naveen Andrews uh, as Sunny, there are. Two I mean, people- Sunny. Like, what are what? we talking about? I mean- <laughs> I mean, they're doing Sonny so many favors. Like, when I, I die and they make a movie about me, like, please make sure someone extraordinarily hot plays me. I don't care how inaccurate it is at all. Truly. I mean, this is this man who is, in real life, like, a stone fox. Like, yes. <laughs> playing Sonny. Look, I'm just happy he's not on Fear the Walking Dead anymore, where they definitely did not deserve him. No. No, absolutely not. And again, like you said, Amanda Seyfried, so pretty, so gorgeous in real life. Her hair is not nearly fried enough, Emily. No, and you no, know this. No. You, her ends look great. Do not. They, as have, they, not, they have not 
touched by a CVS uh, straightener too many times. <laughs> her hair has been untouched by box dye for damn near 22 years. Like, <laughs> come on now. It She is silky smooth like a show pony. She does, looks nothing like Elizabeth Holmes. I mean, I, I appreciate her. Like, she brings the, like, I, I take back what I did say to you in the text, which was like, I don't know if she has like the crazy eyes enough because there is that moment in the trailer that I lived for yes. where she's hyping herself up in the mirror and like, she just looks absolutely insane. And it, I internally screamed. Um, I, I, she does kind of can bring like the eyeball game she, to she, it. The eyes, it's the eyes have it, you know, in this mm-hmm. case, like it, there's, there's really nothing else to me that convinces me on her except for the eyes. Like, and she, cause she's a big eyed person. And so is elizabeth holmes but yeah the hair is not crazy enough even the scene where she is trying to like develop her voice uh is not it's not nearly low enough like right. I, as an elizabeth holmes voice expert can you please yes. comment on amanda yes. seyfried's voice game right now i think they needed someone with a lower timbre to play that role that's that's my that is the, my but two do cents. you think because it was supposed to be kate mckinnon before yeah so who would have done kate- that you think so? She has a lower timbre in her voice. Like she is, she has a much lower register when she speaks versus Amanda Seyfried. Her oh, voice sure. is a lot lower. She has a lower register. And, and I do think, you know, she dropped out of the dropout for a lack of a better term. And she's now <laughs> in that Tiger King adaptation. And Which suits her more, in my opinion. Really? Because I was like, you, you done goofed, my friend. <laughs> I don't think we need. You also want to talk about in terms of relevancy. Like, That's who true. gives a single shit about no one Tiger does King at this anything? Point. No we one does. We are actively trying to kill any neurons in our brains that might bring us back to the beginning of 2020. I mean, do you know anybody who watched that second season? I watched one episode and I gave up. I was like, this is just a recap of where are they now? And Joel McHale did a much better job of that in his one special. That was an hour long and that's all we needed. That's all we needed. I didn't even watch one episode. I wasn't even aware that it was on Netflix until I finished Cheer and it was served up next. I was like, wait, what and then i watched sort of like (laughs) you know how they make you watch that like autoplay trailer i got about 42 seconds into the autoplay trailer and i was like this is fucking ridiculous these people they're all bad people i don't care it it is stop it it's like succession in terms of ranking of bad people but not even fun and interesting like it's like swamp people like i don't care about like with duck dynasty like it is truly duck dynasty and i don't watch that shit either give me rich white people problems i don't necessarily understand that but at least it is better to look at and there are no tigers being harmed just other people's feelings which i can handle (laughs) yes no i would agree but yeah, I, I do think that Kate McKinnon made the wrong choice, especially just in terms. I mean, dropout. They're currently it's still the trial is still ongoing. Like it it's is. going to continue to only be more interesting. And I don't. I still think that the book is whatever the show ends up being. The book will always be better because it typically is like because it's TV. You can't really have the nuances that you can in like a book, and it can't be like as in depth or probably even follow like the same timeline right just from a narrative perspective like it's not interesting to translate something from true life like facsimile onto a narrative scripted show unless and even reality is obviously not all the way reality but um i i I just i'm glad it will only be like whatever it is gonna be five parts maybe i think so the other thing i will mention is 
I, I can agree with you to an extent about the Kate McKinnon thing because she is someone who usually does play the Carol, like she would gravitate towards Carol Baskin, like character on SNL, right? Like that is generally who she plays. So I do, you, you bring up a a good point, which is she picked the wrong role, but I think it's personally because this, that role would have been an opportunity for her to kind of come out of her shell and not play the same character, which I think she ends up getting typecast at. She's very funny. I really enjoy Kate McKinnon, but I think she often gets typecast as the same role whenever she branches out of SNL and, you know, makes an appearance on a TV show or film. But you're telling me that you don't think this Carol Baskin role is more in line with SNL's sketch persona versus it Dropout? Is. Like, Dropout is like a moody um, miniseries on, like, Hulu with a but. I mean, it's got fucking Stephen Fry in it. Like, the cast is insane. We haven't even talked about anybody else. <laughs> Somehow we're, like, talking very seriously about Kate McKinnon's career. But I genuinely think if she wanted to be seen differently... I would do the dropout. That's, that's what I'm saying. Tiger King, Tiger that's King what I'm a saying. joke. That's what I'm saying. Really? That- you think that, so she's playing it safe by playing Carol Baskin and not taking a risk because she thinks that it'd be too doofy to do. Um, I don't think she thought it was too doofy to do the dropout. I yeah. just think that she, it, it would have been an interesting role stretch for her. That would have been, um, because I I don't think we've ever seen her in a dramatic role is what I'm trying to say. I think that I don't. I mean, unless the spy who dumped me takes like a turn after yeah. the first thirty minutes, <laughs> not. Can I definitely fell asleep plane. on a plane watching yep, that. Yeah, there you go. Whoops, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I watched it on a plane as well. Can Perfect confirm she movie. does. She does not change after okay, great. the first okay. thirty minutes. Yeah. So unless that takes a weird turn, I, I yeah, she has not done a drama that I can recall. No. Um. Yeah. I guess we haven't talked about. It anyone else in this movie or series well i love that aunt jackie is in it she's great as the uh teacher from stanford that like wants to take her down i love that lady in the book me too me too me too um there were so many people because we just saw scream dylan minette is in it because i I truly shouted, is that Dylan Minnette? And then surprised even myself. I was like, I can't believe I like retain that. And Al- oh, so there's William H. Macy. Thank who- you. I was like, there's then- someone else. And Alan Ruck, speaking of succession. So right, I screamed Conheads Unite when I saw him. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there are any other uh, people here that we. Michael oh, inside. Yes. Um, and Bashir Salahuddin, who we saw in. Um, what was he just recently in? He was just in something. Maybe not. I but also anyway, want to this, say Sam Watterson and mm-hmm. Kirkwood Smith are both in it as well. Mm-hmm. This is a very stacked cast. And like even the minor roles, I'm just really impressed with who they've cast. Like you said, Laurie Metcalf um, as Phil's Gardner. Oh, and John Carreyou, the writer for uh, the Wall Street Journal, is played by Eben Moss Bachrock, who I like when he's in various things. So this is a good cast. Um, and oh, Michaela Watkins is in this. This is a very good cast. I'm very impressed. Yeah, this will be good. I'm just curious to see. I mean, it's Michael Showalter, too, so it's going to be kind of funny. It will be funny, for sure. Um, Yeah, no, I think this will be really good to uh, enjoy. I'm looking forward to it. But I also feel like you, there's just, there's almost a Theranos saturation of media, media, and I love it all. But, like, after a while, it does kind of have diminishing returns. So I do hope that this... I'm 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 cautiously optimistic given the talent that they were able to recruit. 
Yeah, I think I wasn't expecting much, especially after, not to bring it back to her, but especially after Kate McKinnon dropped out. <laughs> but once again, Fortress of Words. And when she left the project, I was sort of less interested. So when the trailer came up, I'm like, this is either going to be like really cool or very bad. And it was the former as opposed to the latter or whatever. And so... Mm-hmm. I'm pleased, pleasantly surprised, but like I didn't even finish The Shrink Next Door and that also had a stat cast and like it was a compelling, interesting show, but I just, you listen to the podcast, you sort of already know what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't the, know. Everything. And I mean, this is like Dr. Death. There's like so Did many. Did you watch Dr. John. Death? I tried. I couldn't get into it. Dear John, same thing. Like all of those. Oh, oh, um, I don't, was it called Dear John or was it like Dirty John? Dirty I watched John, I'm too. sorry. Dirty and, John. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. It was fine, but I definitely did watch the follow-up with, I believe it was Amanda Peet. Yes, it was with Amanda Peet. Um, and again, like diminishing up people and again, cast that I genuinely like. I like Amanda Peet, but I, I feel like over time it is very much like now I'm thinking, you know, as much as I loved Welcome to Your Fantasy last year, the podcast about Chippendales, will I enjoy the mini series? I think it's um Camille Nanjani who's going to play uh, the main character, Steve Banerjee. So I love him normally, but like, again, every, I feel like every true crime podcast now gets its own Hulu series at this point. Like it's going to be an annual thing. Like we look forward to like our Hallmark movies, you know? Yeah. I don't even know if it's going to be annual. I mean, it's like, it's kind of every quarter you get at least one sort of buzzy, super prestigious based on a true crime podcast miniseries, not even any movies. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to talk about another prestigious, made for Hulu, very buzzy miniseries, mm-hmm. not adapted from a podcast. Although, you know, I guess you and I could if we really wanted to ask for credit since we did do a celebrity sex tape That's episode right. that That's basically right. tells you the entire Pam and Tommy story without any of the sort of not we do some backstory but not to the extent of the show and there is less mm, editorializing i suppose with there the will be no jason jason manzoukas showing up as a cgi I penis how many people didn't know that was jason manzoukas they were like is that him i'm like yes, yeah it's him but i guess he's I not credited so everybody got weirded out they want to assume i but mean Pam it, yeah. and tommy so <laughs> mm-hmm. then we're gonna talk about Pam and tommy first then we're gonna go into and just like that and then we're going to talk about the Janet doc that was on A&E and Lifetime because – and just like that, as you know, famously uh, on HBO Max, Pam and Tommy on Hulu, as I said before. And we're going to close it out with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which, you know, Bravo, the Bravo app, the Peacock app, app I believe. Is it is it updated like sort of in real time-ish? I, it is. It is. Okay. I think. Okay. And so that is the order of the show. And we will put little timestamps just in case you want to skip around. But we already sort of spoiled the big surprise just (laughs) right up at the top, just came early. (laughs) Talking about Jason Manzoukas as the voice as Tommy Lee's dick. Uh, Before we get into that, which, you know, that's a whole moment. And I actually kind of appreciate, I appreciated reading the literal puppetry that like went into it like I thought that, that was very interesting mm-hmm. but before we get into all that overall thoughts on like the first three episodes this is another show where I'm not entirely certain how many episodes there are going to be in total but in the three episodes you know it's sort of like taken a long time to get to like where yes. we are like there's a lot of setup and I understand that these miniseries love to sort of do this 
origin story type of thing for whatever reason, as if people like don't understand pop culture context. But what is your what is your what are your thoughts overall from the first three episodes? We have, I don't know, a few more to go. Yeah. So uh, ahead of this, I looked it up. There are eight going to be eight episodes total. Really? Uh, yes. So it ends March 9th, 2022 is going to be the final one. Okay. Um, well, there'll be another update, I'm sure. I mean, kudos to the makeup team on this, like the prosthetics, the the makeup, like they have done almost distracting how good it is they did. So good. All like, of the makeup costume design Emmys for this team, like truly incredible work. Like who knew the Winter Soldier could look like that? Like he's already I, hot, but like now it's like a whole other level, especially with that ugly, ugly lock choker that he wears for a majority oh of like, the first two episodes. Oh my God. And I was, so I was reading a little bit about this, like apparently, so it's like Lily James's boobs, understandably are prosthetic, like her forehead's prosthetic. She wore color contacts. So did Sebastian Stan. He wore prosthetic nipple rings. Like there's so much that went into this. He had to do like hours of fake tattoo application. Cause there were like over 30 tattoos. Like Kudos to these two oh, okay. people. Thank you for having those stats. Cause I'm like, how many tattoos yes. does Tommy Lee yes. have? Yes. I did a little like brief research before because I was like, I, I, I was so curious. Like I just, I am amazed. I, I hope they get all the nominations for the work they did in, in hair and makeup on this because it's, it's impressive. From the first promo pictures that they released, I was truly floored by yes. what a great job they did. Honestly, it's, kind of a little bit to the detriment of the show because at least for like the first two episodes all I could think about was wow they did such a great job wow they really looked like them wow I can't believe they're like nailing this iconic look and like this look and I remember that reference it's to the point where like it was very easy to kind of space out in some of like the slower parts that I didn't necessarily care that much about and my I think my biggest question is like I guess the I guess the answer is like it's a um, like a omnipresent narrator, but the first episode is definitely kind of like focusing on Randy and like mm-hmm. softening him. And to be totally honest, when we were obviously when we were doing the research for the episode where we talk about this, he seems you know like a well-intentioned creep or whatever. But if it's not Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman playing these truly disgusting ass dudes that were not meant to be sort of like oh they're just trying to like make their money back because of their tools like it would feel very different like i think yes. it would be very different if you knew who these guys really were because you th- these two characters that are not characters that are real life people are getting by on like the goodwill of literally Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman who you like that are nice guys and they're funny and so you give them a pass. But these two dudes, like, I don't know. I think they just sort of, like, soften these two creeps a little too much for me. I, and I'm not I expecting, like, a full-blown porn or whatever. But, like, it has that a little bit working against them. Like, all I can see sometimes are, like, who these actors really are. Like, when Taylor Schilling showed up, I was like, oh, my God, Taylor Schilling. Yes. No, I would completely <laughs> and I'm like, wait, agree with you. Right you're like, wait, he, you're like, he's your handyman or something? Like, all I see is, like, Taylor Schilling, and I cannot hear a single word you're saying. I completely agree with you. I think they did too much to kind of give them a bit of a too, like sympathetic a, uh, edge. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that was really interesting to me is the guy that they cast is like, so that, you know, that flashback sequence with Rand Gauthier were uh, where they like, it's like his deadbeat dad. Like yeah. they got a guy who looked it's, I, I had to check if it wasn't Sebastian Stan because the guy <laughs> looked enough like him that I thought they were trying to like make him 
out to see like Tommy Lee and the figure and the assholeness that he was portraying to be like, you know, someone who had a dad he hated and therefore like he associates that attitude of treating him like shit with his dad. And like, this is, you know, only adds fuel to the fire of his motives. But yeah, I would agree with you. I think they added too much. The other thing is like, if I recall correctly, like Tommy Lee was even worse to these people than uh, they had Sebastian Stan portray in the series. Like it's been a while since I, I listened um, to that episode and remember the research I did on that. But I feel like they almost gave him like, I want to say he was even more physical than that when trying to like uh, get them to get off his property. But um, yeah, I just right, like, didn't he threaten them with like a shotgun or whatever? And so, that was what pushed him over the edge. And so he did. And they did that in this mini series, but it just didn't seem but as not like, in like the timeline of yes, the, that we yes. were familiar with because it exactly. is based off that Rolling Stone article that we Completely. read. Yeah, there's definitely some poetic license taken to sure, a flow. Um, and so I get why they were trying to do that. But at the same time, yeah, that just feels like uh, the stakes are just not as high as like they could have been. But yeah. Yes, I totally agree. The stakes, it should feel higher, but it's because we keep getting like this whole backstory into Pam and Tommy. Yes. And, and they're trying to say something about how this adversely affected her career. And I understand that because they want to paint her they're trying to give her the same sort of like monica Lewinsky treatment from impeachment or even like what the framing britney series did but the problem is that pamela has like spoken out multiple times about how she hasn't had she doesn't have anything to do with this dog she's like very upset by it she's never seen the sex tape it's like a very yeah. traumatic thing in her life and as we talk about in that episode as well is that you know tommy lee it didn't affect his career at all like it was it's pretty much just stayed the same he it, if anything his star rose a little bit more of being this like big dick drummer or whatever. And so, but it definitely affected her career adversely, especially coupled with the barbed wire release kind of coming out at the same time and leaving Baywatch and all of that other stuff. And I mean, I also didn't realize, or maybe had forgotten this piece of information, but she was pregnant at the time that the tape was released, which must be real fun. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I really want to watch a show about two likable-ish stoners <laughs> um, sell a sex tape and, like, kind of, like, fuck up this woman's life for, like, the rest of her life. Uh, it's just sort of, I don't know. I feel I, it wasn't, it, I think, I guess the thing is, like, it wasn't well-written enough or, like, there wasn't anything about it that m makes me want to, like, keep watching. Yeah. Although I didn't necessarily hate the three episodes that I watched. And I was looking forward to it because I know I, I had put it in one of our past newsletters that I was looking forward to this because I thought it was going to be, I don't know, maybe more pulpy. Like, I thought it was either going to be a little bit, either handled a little better or it was going to be more campy. And it's kind of, like, falling in the middle. And like you said, it's like there for something that is so high stakes in real life, it feels like there are no stakes. And sort of the most redeeming thing about this is that the costume and makeup design is absolutely incredible. And that's sort of it. But and and I would also give a lot of credit to Sebastian Stan and Lily James for doing a really great job of portraying Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. I think they actually are I think everybody's great, of yeah. course. Like there's Everyone's no acting great. Flaws. Even Andrew Andrew Dice Clay, like perfect casting, such perfect casting for, for Butchie. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot there that I'm like, 
Oh my god! In that deal, Emily, that deal is awful. Like I, I don't know a lot, but I know enough from Sopranos that you don't want like a ten no. percent vig and like a thirty day loan repayment with that high of an interest. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like I don't know a lot of math, but I do know you just got fucked on that deal. The final thing that for me, so you know, you're saying you're like glancing, you almost like. There was so much that we were paying attention to the like, hair and makeup and how much they did to make them look exactly like their counterparts or who they're portraying that mm-hmm. you kind of like zoned out at certain points. Uh, I had the same thing and I had to rewind back the scene that they had focused around Seth Rogen or um, Rand Gauthier or Gauthier uh, stealing every the safe. And I figured it would be a lot longer than it was, um, given like what it entailed. In, according to that article, it um, was though. Like he said, it took like six or eight hours. Remember? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like it felt like I don't know. I figured it would have taken. It would have been more of a focus of that episode versus like the oh, motives sure. to get to that point, to that breaking point, which mm-hmm. I feel like it spent like two thirds of the episode getting to, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with the casting. I'm happy with like, again, the special effects, hair and makeup, fantastic. But yeah, I just, I, maybe I'll, I'll keep watching, but it wasn't, um, in the, again, this, I feel like this is another situation that's just been oversaturated where it's like famous nineties scandal tabloid stories becoming Hulu or FX miniseries it's a market that's becoming saturated or already is. And I wonder like, yeah, there's a point at which I will stop watching. And this might be one of those where I'm like, there's just too much out there for me to watch. Yeah. I just, I think when it concerns obviously real people who are still with us today, it, it's difficult. It can feel a little gross and a little yeah. difficult, especially when they don't have anything to do with it. And they are actively being like, I don't like reliving this part of my life. Yeah. And I don't think that her Pamela Anderson being a public figure and that's just quote, what comes with the territory is like a good enough excuse anymore. And I just feel like, like we'd been saying this whole up uh, this whole past 24 minutes, about how, like, I just can't take any more of these, like, direct IP adaptations. Like, what's the harm in, like, telling the story with, like, two fully made-up people, like, a Star is Born style? You know what I mean? Like, there is no alley, but, like, can we – can Pamela be Shangela? Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's a way – where you can do it respectfully, where it's about something, but it's not directly about them, but can still talk about the same topics and themes. And it could even be better than that because you don't have to worry about anybody feeling upset or offended. And then you'll actually have real stakes that way instead of it feels like it's sort of like treading very lightly. And the problem is that I think it's trying to please too many people. So it just, like you said, the stakes are not there. And it's very odd because it's a very high stakes situation, you would think. But I don't know. There's something that's like not quite fully clicking for me. But if you watch all of it, I mean, I'll watch all of it so we can talk about it later. It's fine. It's like our suicide pact. God. <laughs>
And that was a little preview of a Patreon episode. If you like what you heard, you can get access to that full episode, plus all sorts of other fun, exclusive content. Just $5 a month on a Patreon subscription will get you access to a monthly episode. Sometimes we talk about what we've been watching on TV. Sometimes we'll do deep dives on minor celeb scandals or whatever at the moment we feel like we need to talk about. And then you'll also get access to a monthly written piece of content. Uh, usually we talk about what we're obsessed with, but you know, who knows? The year is young. So are we. Margot, do you have anything to add here? Just know if you sign up for Patreon today and you listen to the rest of our Pam and Tommy preview, uh, please know that it's almost an hour and a half long. So it's the perfect podcast episode to listen to while you are cleaning your house running errands, doing a mindless task. We want to be there for you. This is us giving back to the community for the low, 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 low price of $5 a month. So yeah, I think on the most recent episode, we had a lot of fun talking about, and just like that, Mm -hmm. the Janet documentary and our thoughts on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So if any of that speaks to you, then please join on over to Patreon. Well, on that note, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.